Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. This is Molly DeVos, and I'd like to kick this episode off with a Vitacraft bonding tip of the week. This week's bonding tip is help your cat groom. And by that, I mean, brush your cat. Get one of those great, you know, brushes that have the the little metal teeth on it. Cats love that. And, and brush them where they like to be pet. Start there on the side of the face. You'll find a lot of times your cat will just lean into the brush like he leans into a pet. Side of the face, under the chin, top of the head, under the collar, things like that. Trim their nails. And it's really great to start young, of course, when you're, when you're trimming nails. And one of the great ways to do that, if you haven't started young, is to show the cat the nail trimmer, let it smell it, pair that with a treat. And there's nothing more yummy than Vitacraft treats. I like to use either Lick and Lap or the Meaty Morsels. Both of those are very good. So show them the trimmer, give them a treat. Show them the trimmer, give them a treat. Touch their feet with the trimmer, give them a treat. And just slowly progress Give them treats while you're, while you're pushing their, their, their knuckles down so the nails extract so you can trim them. And be sure not to over trim. We sell some great trimmers on our site that helps you not to over trim. Clean their ears and eyes with a warm cloth. Now make sure that water's really, really warm because cat's body temperature is about 102. So if it feels just warm to us, then it might be a little chilly to them. So make sure it's a really hot cloth. You can clean inside their ears with that and on their eyes. And if a cat gets wiggly while you're trying to groom them, then just dab a line of lick and lap on the, on the counter where you have them. And while they're busy licking that up, you can be doing the greening, grooming or meaty morsels. Put those down. That's, those are great too. So take some time this week and help your cat groom. And it'll be a great bonding experience. Now, we'll head into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, I'm joined by Christy Metropole. She's the founder and CEO of the Stray Cat Alliance, which is a nonprofit that keeps cats and kittens off the streets, out of kill shelters, and in loving homes. And every day they work to save the lives of helpless kittens and cats by providing spay and neuter and trap neuter return, adoptions, wellness care, medical care, and all kinds of things with shelter support. So welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So what did I tell, tell me, first of all, are you guys are located in, in Los Angeles? Is that We're right? In, in Los Angeles, in um, what we call South Los Angeles, which is a very underserved community. There's probably the city of Los Angeles is a little over 4 million. And I would say South Los Angeles is at least a million people. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. 
And do yeah. you service you service pretty much just that area, right? You do you you don't do services outside of that area? Well, we're not animal control, right? So our programs, our best practice programs center around South Los Angeles because that's where the need is. Yeah. Um, we have a, a program called Safe at Home where we set up at the South Los Angeles shelter. We have a team that sit there. We're there five to six days a week. And when people come in with kittens, um, we talk to them and we say, what did you find them? And can you take them home? We'll give you food and litter and formula. We'll teach you how to bottle feed. Can you reunite them with the mother? We do all of that. And our success rate from all the people we speak to, we convert about 50%, that's 5-0, into being fosters. And um, once they grow up and we spay and neuter them at about eight weeks, they have the chance to adopt them or we we adopt them out and about 25% adopt them. And now they have a healthy, you know, sterilized cat or kitten. And we believe that that is changing communities because now, of course, we talk to them about good care and keeping them inside, but that really changes things for generations. Yeah, it does. And and what a help on the shelters. I mean, the yeah. stray cat population in shelters is is crazy huge. You know, yeah. I know in in Dallas, they went to a, you know, a, a TNR all stray cats that come in. Yep. Regardless of behavior. Yep. You know, I know all about right? Yep. And and what a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. I was really nervous about it because I kept yeah. thinking, oh my gosh, well, these really cute kittens and things, you know, and they're 10 weeks or older, go go back to the right. address that they were found. And then in reality, you know, knowing that over 50% of people let their cats in and out. If we keep a friendly cat, we're, we're catnapping someone's cat. Right. You know, the best thing for these guys is to get them home and get them back where they were found so that they can find their ways back to their home or multiple homes. A lot of cats own a lot of people up and down the street. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm really for that. Um, Albuquerque, the other shelter I'm working with, they don't do that. They, We've, you know, the community is not quite ready to em- embrace that. Yeah. And uh, so we've we've put a stopgap measure in there where we're actually having to behavior assess all of the stray cats. And then, of course, the ones that are very stressed in the shelter environment, we return. And the ones that are highly adoptable, we we keep. But that adds an even another layer of resources that a shelter has to provide that uh, we really shouldn't be. Don't you agree? Oh, I I couldn't agree more. And had you told me 10 years ago, I would have been, well, many years ago, Francis Batista from um, Best Friends was telling me about that Best Friends had put money into, now we call it, well, we call it return to home for community cats, Mm -hmm. which is much more palatable than return to field or shelter neuter return. No one knows what the heck anyone's talking about, but return to home for community cats. He told me they put money into it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, no, they spay and neuter these cats. They come in traps and then they return them from where they were found. I'm like, what? Don't people complain? He goes, they're actually not complaining. We're shocked. And I know and love Francis. And I was really doubting whether he was telling me the truth. 
<laughs> so, um, but as time went on and then they started doing it, the first California shelter was San Jose and they were having massive success. And then Stray Cat Alliance was funded through Michelson Foundation to start the program in Long Beach. There had been a few others, <clears throat> but not on the scale. And we we embedded in the Long Beach shelter and ran that return to home for community cats program for seven years. And all kinds of good stuff happened where intake slowed down and we have the numbers and we do these presentations all the time. You see the graph of the following years of kittens are not coming in anymore because they're not being born. And the, and we had the luxury and the funding to return those community cats and then TNR the cats around that returned cat. So if, you know, a cat came from 123 Main Street and that cat was fixed and returned, everybody at 123 Main Street was spayed and neutered. And it really works. Now, in the beginning, we did have a lot of pushback, mostly from shelter staff. And this is one, there was a lot of temperament testing and we fought that early on. We're like, you know, you, and, and of course, if there was an owner surrender or the animal was sick, we didn't return them. But what was happening is they were, they were internally doing temperament testing. And if they thought a cat was friendly, they moved the cat to what we call general population. Mm -hmm. And if that cat didn't get adopted, that cat was killed. That cat mm -hmm. wasn't returned. So then we started saying, okay, you can move them for two weeks. And if they don't get adopted in two weeks or you get filled, but you know, as well as I do, Molly, that shelters have limited resources. Of course. Where are you going to spend your money? And would you rather have resources for older cats, for owners surrendered, for sick cats, for dogs? Wouldn't you rather put your resources where they're really needed, not for community cats that were thriving in the community that maybe needed spay or neuter, or maybe they didn't. And we have now we do it in a couple other cities and we are mentoring other cities to take this on. Now, of course, we're impacted by the massive countrywide veterinary shortage. Yeah. Which is a whole other topic. Yeah. Really <laughs> scary and upsetting. And, you know, we're trying to provide spay and neuter and TNR, but it really works. Um, people embrace it. It's usually not the people that it bothers because they get it. They're like, oh, that cat was gone and now that cat is back and that cat is fixed and has her vaccines or the eye was leaking and now it's better as opposed to the shelter staff who really resisted. Mm -hmm. They did. After a while, there was turnover and they also got a new, very wonderful shelter director who completely embraced it and they took it over, which is how it should be. Yeah, it absolutely should be. And it and it's I I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, every cat that comes in brought in not by its owner should be spayed, neutered, medically treated and taken back, you know, yeah. by by whoever. Very few shelters seem to have the resources of course to be able to do that in-house. And sometimes that that actually conflicts with their local ordinances and absolutely. they've got to got to start there by updating those those local ordinances, but 
um, you know, a lot of them will partner with an organization like, like yourselves that's actually doing a lot of that work yeah. for them. Right. I know in, uh, in Albuquerque, the shelter is actually doing all of the medical work, the spays and neuters in house, and then has a partner that will actually take the cats back and make sure that, you know, the cats, you know, doing okay in its environment. And it helps that organization too, as you say, really map out the hot spots of yes. where these cats are, and then they can go back in and start trapping and spaying and neutering and, and that sort of thing. What are we Absolutely. up to now as far as community cats in the country? It's like 70 million or something yes, like that. It's a, it's a, it's a huge least. number. It feels like that's in my neighborhood. Yes. It's a huge number and we'll never kill our way out of it. We've proven that with science, not that we should, but, um, Trapping and killing cats doesn't work. Trapping cats and bringing them to the shelter, it's not sustainable. It's not doable. But what is sustainable is TNR, managing the community cats in a humane way, educating people. Mm-hmm. We found, even whether it's an underserved community or a, you know, a wealthier community, people don't want cats to be killed. They do not want that to happen. They want them to be safe and they um, will do the right thing, but you have to give them the information and you have to give them the resources, especially if they're in South Los Angeles. So that's what Stray Cat Alliance does. We give resources. So when we're at the South LA shelter, our safe at home team um, sits there and gives resources and educates. And what's beautiful is that so many times it's a family and there's children involved and their lives will be forever changed because these are not throwaway animals. These are not throwaway cats and kittens. They matter. One of the things, there's a couple things when we started this program in 2016 that I thought, and I was told, well, I was told people who come to the shelter have already made up their mind. People in underserved communities don't care. And, um, you know, the shelter is going to give you a hard time. All of this stuff. Well, guess what? People have not made up their mind. Half the time they're coming to the shelter for resources. They think it's the right thing. And so um, that's what we found. So people like find these kittens in alleys and in a bag and they're going to the shelter because they care. Right. That's and that true. is what is so beautiful. Yeah, that's so true. I had someone reach out to me this morning asking for help. She's in uh, in North Texas or North Dallas area and uh, says there's a sent me a picture of a pregnant, you know, from cat that lives in the community. And she's like, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's very, very hard. So where do people in their communities, what do you generally recommend if someone finds kittens or if someone sees a pregnant cat outside, what do you recommend that they do? How do they find help? What do they do? So we do have a hotline that's email. Um, and um, we try to, it used to be easier with the spay and neuter. <clears throat> there were places you could just go all the time. That is not true anymore. And we're, we're, Stray Cat Alliance is really putting some great minds together to really kind of figure out this problem. So our goal is to start some MASH units on Sunday at veterinary hospitals that are closed 
bring in a mash unit and do a hundred community cats um, so that we can offer it and we can not like take a vet from there and put them there. Cause then you're just net zero, right? We want to add to what is already happening. And we have a bunch of things in place, but depending on where people are and depending on their situation, we walk them through solutions, humane solutions, long lasting solutions. And yes, some people are aggressive and hostile and I'm going to kill the cats. And we do our best with that. And it's very sad and frustrating. And we know there's an animal on the other end of that threat and it's very painful. Um, but most of it is people just don't know what to do. Um, so we try to find a veterinarian close to them. We try to find some funding. If they're close to us, we try to send them to some of the clinics we go to. We have traps. We loan them. We're in South LA. We teach people how to use them. Um, our focus is community-based programs and shelter-based programs where we really engage underserved communities because I don't know if you know Los Angeles, but if you're in the west side of Los Angeles, you're probably doing fine and you probably can figure it out. Not that we wouldn't help people, but if you're in South Los Angeles and you have three jobs and some kids and no car, you're going to need more support. And we're here to support those people because let's face it, life is tougher. There's less resources for humans, for children, for everything. Yeah. And where you see poverty, <clears throat> with people you see in animals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> How do you recommend that people help their local shelter? Well, <clears throat> depending on the shelter, it's great to, um, sorry, it's been very dry out. Um, it's great to ask the shelter, what do you need from me? How can I help you? <clears throat> Nine times out of 10, in, so in the, all of the United States, the two states that kill the most animals are Texas and California. And some years it's Texas is the most, and some years it's California. Um, and is that just by sheer numbers or per capita? I think that's by sheer numbers, but okay. one would think California might have it together, but we don't. We got a lot of problems in sheltering, a lot. And the animals that are dying the most by far are underage kittens. They're dying. Yeah. And if we focus on underage kittens at the shelter, that's why we do safe at home intervention, because we are focusing on the group of animals that are dying the most and educating where also where because it's not happening in West Los Angeles where people are affluent and have access to spay and neuter and can afford, you know, very luxurious vet care. In South Los Angeles, <clears throat> it doesn't exist. And if it does, it's expensive. So that's why our programs focus. Um, we also, when we do return to home for community cats, and, you know, isn't it better for that cat to come in get spayed, neuter, and get out of the shelter. Because if you think of the resources that a shelter has to, you know, there's holding periods and the cat is stressed and the staff is stressed or trying to clean a cage. And it's just not good for anyone. 
And that's why getting those cats out as quickly as possible is one of our goals. We are now very much engaged in the citywide cat program. And the citywide cat program came out of 11 years of a TNR injunction, which was a nightmare. But something really wonderful came out of it was this plan that the city approved. It's almost two years ago. Sad thing is not much happens in Los Angeles except scandals in city government. <laughs> I don't know if you know what's happening right now. And um, so we're working on, it is one of the most progressive pieces of, I don't know if it's legislation, if it's citywide, but of law for a city, it's policy. Um, they are wanting to support, pay for the spay and neuter of 20,000 Community cats, this is not what they already paid for in pet cats, 20000 a year for 30 years. Wow. So, And the TNR is supported, and everything that goes with that is supported. So it's amazing to have that. It's very frustrating that it's really not funded, and we're working to get things funded. And it's also frustrating that there's not enough veterinarians. But the yeah. point is that the city spent, you know, millions of dollars and had all these consultants to come up with the conclusion, yeah, you were right. TNR is the best way. <laughs> like, hello, we've been telling you that forever. But they put their a stamp of approval. And we believe if we can make Los Angeles a huge success with lowering numbers in Los Angeles shelters, with supporting that others, I mean, we know other cities are looking to Los Angeles. We know that. Um, so it's very exciting. And it's very frustrating at the same time. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's yeah. it's horribly frustrating on a shelter level and a, and a municipal shelter level oh. dealing with these community cats. And and it, it's hard to even describe to them. Imagine what it would be like if we didn't have to house every stray cat that came in the door. You know, just no, imagine. imagine. Imagine you could actually do your job and your staff wouldn't have to spend all day killing perfectly healthy animals. I also talk about, I really think that that is abuse of the shelter staff. Asking mm -hmm. someone to have that job, it's one thing if you're euthanizing an ill animal and you are putting that animal, him or her, out of misery. But killing healthy animals, that is not fair to make people do that. And, you know, the staff are directed, and what are they going to do? They have to do it. And we have to think of different ways. We have to. A lot of shelters have. And then, of course, 2022, I forgot what year we're in, <laughs> has been really difficult because, now shelters are packed again. They're packed with dogs. They're packed with cats. You know what are the what are the exits out? How are we going to deal with this from having 2020, where no one came in and it was awesome? Yeah. And then 2021, and then 2022, the floodgates open. So we're always changing and evolving at Stray Cat Alliance. We're always pivoting because the movement is pivoting. Animals' needs are pivoting, and we're always there. You know, what worked a couple of years ago is not necessarily that's going to work today, except TNR. It's always going to work. Always going to work. I like always. to explain it to people like it's like a koi pond. You know, you make a koi pond and the koi will grow 
as big as the pond and so and true. that's it and it's just like that with cats with community yeah. cats they yeah. will they will grow in size to where the resources support them so if you pull out five or ten cats of that community five or ten more are just going to move back in it's not you're not making them go away you know and, it's right and that's that is so true scientifically and they've proved it. Dr. Kate Hurley from UC Davis talks about these islands where they, for 14 years, it took them 14 years of aerial strikes and spraying pan leukopenia and trapping. It, it took them 14 years to kill all the cats on an island. It's not going to happen here. And let's just, and people don't want it. And that's the beauty. People do not want it. So, you know, but governments need to know that this is a priority. So I do think people, you know, if you could, not everybody can work with their shelter because not every shelter will let volunteers in. And that is very sad, but there's always something you can do and let your elected officials know that spay and neuter funding it is important to you and yeah. your community. And, and I don't think that we do that enough. We don't know about that. No, we don't. And then there's the people that worry that go, oh, but what is the cat going to do when it gets cold? No, it doesn't get very cold in your part of the country, but in other parts of the country. And I always tell them, you know, there's 70 million stray cats out there coast to coast. And they're really, really resilient little creatures. You know, there are, there are stray cats in Maine and there are stray cats where, where it gets cold. And so, you know, and I mean, they do like, my friend lives in Vermont and they, they're in her barn. They go in her barn and mm-hmm. they, they sleep with the cows and, you know, I mean, yeah, make them a bed, but it doesn't mean you kill them because, oh, they might get cold. Right. Help exactly. them out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and some people have this strange fantasy that, you know, there's all these resources. Well, I tamed a feral cat once and I got him where he now, you know, lives in the house. So like, how in the heck is a shelter going to do that? Yeah. You know, there's just no way. And who wants to adopt that unsocial cat? You know, it's not what people come in looking for. And the cat doesn't necessarily want to be adopted on those terms. And they're much happier where they were, unless it's like, a building that's being demolished, um, you know, I, yeah. It, and the, it's a lot of work for one cat when they could be going on their merry way. Like, why not, why not go into the shelter and take those cats that were owner surrenders that can't be returned outside the older cats. Like we have t- trapped, neutered and not returned like old cats like they're not going to thrive outside or their eye is gone you know and that's okay but you pick and choose your battles and you don't fill up you could fill up in a minute with cats you want to take and right. it's like you know you're, you're rolling the dice whether it's going to work or not right and even if it worked like I said even if it worked no there's no amount of resources out there to None. handle it all i mean it just doesn't exist you know we uh we um in Albuquerque, we take the cats that for whatever reason can't be returned if there's a safety issue in a neighborhood or something like that. And we'll wrap them as working cats and we'll get them we'll get them jobs and where they have a nice warm barn to yeah. go in and, you know, or someone's garage or things like that where they can they can deter off rodents and uh, and have regular supplemented food. And yeah, they need that. Yeah. No, I know that's yeah. I mean. 
I always tell people that's a last resort working cats because most likely the cat is thriving in their community if they're thriving. Yes. You know, I mean, for instance, I feed some community cats. One of the cats, he came, I, I took me a year to get him neutered. He was so, you know, and then he became very friendly and he was, he became a big fatty. And one day I forgot to feed him in the morning. I was like, oh, and I came home late at night. And I was out and he comes running down the side. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and he runs up. He was yelling at me. You didn't feed me this morning. And you're home late. And my neighbor walked up and he said, I just fed him four cans of food. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you feed him too? No wonder he's so fat. Like my neighbor feeds cats. Who knew? So a lot of people feed and they're going to. And they see a hungry cat, they're going to feed them. And that's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. I, you know, every house ought to have a few outside cats living outside too. Oh. Now they can wreak havoc on your indoor cats with, with. That can happen. Thank God that doesn't happen with me. But yeah, that, 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 yeah. They yeah. Don't Always, always recommend feed them, but feed them out of sight of any of your windows in yeah. your own home so that your cats cannot see them because that can get that can get ugly between yeah. cats in a house. My my uh, two cats are so old, they don't even pay attention. And one cat, he looks, but he's a big pussy. So he's not gonna <laughs> <do it again. laughs> he just looks like, what are they doing? But they belong here, too. So, yeah. Well, anything else you want to share with us today? Um, you know, I just, I want to encourage anyone who loves cats and who cares about the very significant justice issue with them. They are killed in shelters much more than dogs. Um, they need our help. The, a shelter is no place for a cat. It's no place for kittens either. If you can you know, support your community with programs and education. And I know it's hard and it's a tall order or just do whatever you can. Like if you see cats in your own neighborhood, it is really good to feed them and it is really good to get them spayed and neutered. Absolutely. And, and you know, traps aren't that difficult. First of all, there's lots of organizations that will loan traps. Yep. You can go to Tractor Supply and buy the Have a Heart Traps. It's a good brand. And or maybe $50 or so, and then you've got your own cap. Now, the, the real challenge these days, as we were saying, is then getting the vet services for the spay and neuter. Yeah. Once you have that cat trapped, you know, you may have to hang on to it for a little bit until you can get an appointment lined up. So before I do you... tell people, try to get your appointment lined up or First. at least your resources. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Google online you know, community cat or feral cat resources in your city. And yep. there should be several organizations that come up that can help you and uh, and get that started. And if not, then reach out to Christy and she can tell you how to set up your own Stray Cat Alliance in your Stray, community. Yeah, no, that's really true. People ask us all the time, straycatalliance.org. Uh, you can go and, and see our resources. We're we're having a big new launch of our website, I think next week, but yeah. And I, I it just, it takes, it takes a village. I'm, it's not a joke. It really takes a village. Not one person can do it all. And when you find a cat or you have a problem, if you go to a rescue and you ask them to do it for you, you are not helping. The way you help is you ask them how you can help because 
people come to me all the time and I'm like, you don't think there's a thousand people who have asked me this week or like, I can tell you what to do. And I will tell you if we have a minute, a story of a woman who contacted us more than 10 years ago, lived in the hills at a, at a condominium association, lots of cats. And they, they told her she had to start um, taking them to the shelter. She was devastated. She took one to the shelter and she was so devastated. She called her hotline. And I don't remember this, but she said she talked to me. This is like probably 15 years ago. And I said, don't you do that, girl? No, you do not take those cats to the shelter. You spay and neuter them and you, one day at a time. And she said it changed her life. And she spayed and neutered them and t- took on the association. And they made an agreement where she would feed. And it was ridiculous. They were up in the hills. Like, you don't even see the cats. But one little piece of information can change someone's life. And change the life of cats. So I just encourage everyone to get educated and be advocates. Absolutely. That's very good advice. Thank you. And be sure to check out their website, StrayCatAlliance.org. And you mentioned that there was an email. Do you want to share the email if someone It's has... on the contact page. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So on go the to website. Yeah. StrayCatAlliance.org contact page and reach yep. out if you if you need help. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today and and sharing this information with you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio today. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 